When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years, and he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. today i have coach bart miller he is the offensive line coach at the university of illinois i did not go to school there but i'm a big fan at since birth so coach we were just talking a little bit welcome welcome first timer welcome welcome to the podcast thanks coach i, I appreciate your time and appreciate you having me on yeah uh, 
uh, two of my friends are Illinois fans are jealous. I sent them a message. I'm like, guess who's coming on the podcast? And they're like, who? I said, Coach Miller. And they go, no, he's not. You're lying. Uh, I, <laughs> well, hopefully don't disappoint. I'm sure we could probably get a better a better uh, participant, but uh, I'll have to do, I guess. Well, there's no better coaches than O-line coaches. There's, there, there's I, no I believe that. I believe that, yeah. We have our own language, and if all five don't work together, it doesn't work. So it's like we uh, – O-linemen in, in nature are, are a different breed altogether, right? Just the, the mentality it takes to play that position, uh, the mentality it takes to coach the position, right? Understand that position and, and – uh, and really take a lot of pride, and and that's kind of one thing we we really focus on in our room is is the the pride of playing that position, right? You're doing something that nobody else is uh, willing to do or can do, right? And right. and uh, that's a, that's certainly uh, something that we we kind of reinforce in that room, and, and then like I said, take a lot of pride in. And I always tell them we're the best looking too, we're the best looking guys. You know what? I, I tell you what, if, if you pull O line O line guys in the NFL, O line coaches, I'm pretty. They've, they've done pretty well for themselves. They've outkicked their coverage most of the time, right? Oh, absolutely. And and we don't have to look athletic, but we can be athletic. I always of say course. that. We, we don't have to. Um, but uh, real quick, you said you played uh, – I went to Elk Grove, I think you said, Elk Grove High yeah. School in Illinois. Yeah, Elk Grove High School. Yeah, I graduated from Elk Grove High School in, in uh, um, actually, Elk Grove Village, right, uh, Illinois. And, and uh, so, so understand – Really, the level of play in the Chicagoland area, um, football in the state of, of Illinois. Um, when I was in high school, um, Illinois, uh, that was the Sugar Bowl year, right? Uh-huh. When they went down to the to, in 2001. And, you know, there were guys from my conference. Kirk Kittner was a Schomburg grad, uh-huh. and, and uh, a couple guys in that in the MSL, um, guys that played at Rolling Meadows. Back, some of the coaches maybe listening to this remember uh, guys like Abe Jones, you know, that, that, uh, you know, at least were signed to come down here. And um, it was a big deal, right? It was a big deal to play Big Ten football. It's a big deal to follow uh, your in-state team. And, and uh, I'm not a native of Illinois, but but certainly had my formative years here and and, and remember those teams. With, I remember going and getting invited to Coach Turner's O-line camp and, and, and um, you know, got recruited down here and, and remember, remember those classes very well. Guys like Martin O'Donnell, who still does the radio right now and, and has become a friend of mine and, um, I remember watching those guys in high school and watching them go on to play at Illinois and following Illinois, and, and now I'm a part of it. And it's really pretty special. I was going to say, because like when you listen to Coach B or Coach Beal Muggs, I could say his name right, he, it's kind of the same thing. He played at high school football in Illinois, and he said there's a pride to coach at the University of Illinois. Like I know you've been all over. Your coaching career is kind of taking you everywhere. Is there still yeah. that pride of, like, I coach at the University of Illinois, even though you didn't live your whole life here like I played high school football I understand it there's a little bit of a pride to be at Illinois absolutely and um in in I take uh that's not lost on me I take pride in that just you are at the flagship institution in your state um it's an unbelievable it's a world-class institution with unbelievable uh alumni and and support um the fans are hungry for winners right I mean just Mm -hmm. the way that they reacted the other night uh, when the basketball team won the Big Ten and, yes. and stormed the court and the emotion and the passion that, that surrounds the, the athletics here. And, and um, you know, I, I walk around with that eye on my chest very proudly. And I said that when I when I took over uh, the O-line here, when Coach B hired me on and I gave a press conference and, and it, people, I got a lot of warm results, you know, kind of warm uh, results from that press conference. And 
um, it, I meant every word of it, right? Mm-hmm. That I means something to me. It means something to our players. It means something to the people of the state. And, and that's where it should be. Right. And, and I, so I'm, I'm very proud of, um, where I work. I'm proud of what we're doing. I'm mm-hmm. proud of the building process that, that we're going into it. Right. I mean, we, we took over in a very tough situation and, yep. and that's nothing against the former staff or anything like that. It's just a very difficult situation that we took over. Um, and in year one had some success and, you know, um, we're not happy with that. That's not good enough. Five wins is not good enough. We want to be able um, to, 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 to really grow this program into, into what it could be. Right. And, and it, you know, competing for championships, winning championships, um, perennial bowl games, right? I mean, those are – we want to create a power in, in, in college football at the University of Illinois, much like the basketball team has. And, and uh, you know, we've got unbelievable support from our administration. And, and all those things factor into the pride in where you work um, and, and, and who you work with. And I think that's a, a big thing um, with our athletic department. Yeah, we're not going to talk about the previous because we all know it's. I talk about like building a house. You lay a foundation. They might have done something, then you just add on. When you and you might have said in your press conference, I can't remember. It's been so long. When you came in, you're like, I'm not going to worry about what happened before. I'm worried about what right now. So when you came in, you're like, this is the first thing we have to do as an O line. Like, what was the first thing you said? Like, this is my thing. This is what we're going to do to change it. it well, and that's a great question. The first one of the first things and maybe most important thing is is establish an identity mm-hmm. of what we are, what we believe, um, how we're going to play, uh, the mentality of which we approach uh, practice, our training, um, the way we play the game, you know, that f- kind of f- philosophy that, that it goes into to the unit. I'm not talking about an offensive philosophy. I'm not talking about a, a team philosophy from an O-line perspective. Um that, that mentality, that ethos that, that you know, we create and, and then grow in, in our players um, and, and what that meant, what it meant to play offensive line at the University of Illinois, what it meant uh, when you walk in that room, when you step on that field and how we're going to do things. So I think reestablishing that, I think, was critical. Um, and then building cohesiveness, right? As you said and I before, right? I mean, it's five guys working together to mm-hmm. effectively dominate your opponent, right? It's the only position in sports that – that is, is built like that. It's the only position in sports that's solely dedicated to protecting someone, mm-hmm. right? And, um, you know, we, we want to play very, very physically. We want to be the most physical team in the country. And, and um, you know, the, you can't expect to play and live in that world if, if, if you're not in it every day. Right. And um, so we, we, we take a huge emphasis in that. We take a lot of pride in that um and, and and you know doing things that nobody else is willing to do right that's that's where winners are deep down where no one else is willing to go and and you had to establish that um uh, really in, in the unit from day one and and you recruit to it um you you, you practice to it you train to it um and and it starts to become a part of who they are um how excited were you when you came in there was like a ton of seniors like they all came back like that says a lot about you guys and coach b like how excited was that? Like we're gonna have old guys to work with. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I was excited to get that experience. Yeah. Um, but that was experience that hadn't worked under under me or, or Coach B but, or anything else, right? So it was it was still you were still um, installing something. You were still building, laying a foundation. You were still doing some of that. You just had a little bit more experience than older guys, right? So um, they had a lot of starts. They had all these things, but they hadn't done it with us. They hadn't, and, and they hadn't had the success. Right. So it wasn't like they were coming off of uh, of this, um, you know, really, really successful tenure. They, they mm-hmm. had 
played a lot and and and, and at times played played well and and certainly had the ability, right? And so we needed to um, get them ready to play our style of football and, and and again kind of change that mentality. I had had some familiarity with some of the guys, you know, Doug Kramer. Uh, I had recruited Doug at uh, FAU when I was at FAU. He was actually committed to me at FAU once upon a time and. Um, I was very fortunate to work with a guy like him. You know, he was critical to our success up front this year. Um, you know, a, a guy that uh, was consistent kind of throughout the whole year in Vidarian Lowe, right, who, who obviously performed very well at the Combine this last weekend mm-hmm. and had a chance to get drafted, which is exciting. And um, so, so having those type of guys was big. You know, um, Paucho, Paucho's coming back. We get him back one more year. Yep. Um, but but Paucho was a guy that had started a lot, but but was still very raw in what we were asking him to do. In fact, we we moved him inside later in the year because of the development of a young player in Julian Pearl. So um, there there was a lot of that of that right. We had some experience and we had some leadership, which I think was critical. And that was that I was very excited about that. But we had to uh, still develop right that 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 position those positions um to 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 do what we wanted to do and and, because it was a different style of play it was about a 180 in terms of the technique and and the mentality up front and and uh i think you started to see that in games like the penn state game and the minnesota game and and even early on in the Nebraska game we were able to run the ball uh really effectively all year you Mm -hmm. know and um i think that that all started with the leadership and then the fact that those guys embraced what we were doing they give them a lot of credit it is not easy to come in you played for one or two guys your whole career, and then all of a sudden somebody comes in and says, hey, you know, we're going to do it this way. Um, I think our credibility, Coach B's, myself, right, in O-line development, I think played a big role in that. They, they were able to buy in right away. And, and uh, you know, at the same time, I had to earn their trust. And, and I think that was a big piece of, of the way I coach. And, um, you know, we saw it. To, you started to see that success up front. Yeah, I'd be, I guess I should ask it that way, more excited for the experience. But now I bet you're more excited – for younger guys to come in and say, now I can really mold what it is. Like you've laid the foundation. Now you can mold it and like start from scratch kind of, not really from scratch, but like now they know I got young guys. Now it's really developing it and get it to where it needs to be. Right. Well, this spring will be a little bit different. We don't, we lose that some of that experience, but we get, we do have a few guys coming back and, and uh, um, we've got some new incoming guys that we're very excited about, but, but we've laid that, you know, last spring we we laid that foundation of of hey, this is our expectation in individual drills. This is how we operate this type of block. This is how we do, you know, X, Y, and Z. And that that's a big uh, hurdle that we don't have to deal with this spring, right? We can, like you said, hit the ground running. We can kind of step up where we left off, right, and continue to get better. And that's how you develop. That's how you create a pipeline. That's how you create tradition. And um, and where I'm excited about that, um, you know, we do have to replace. Uh, a lot of leadership, right, which is going to be our challenge uh, as a unit. But I'm very, very excited uh, about our class, our freshman class coming in. I thought we had an unbelievable 22 class, uh, a very, I shouldn't say unbelievable, a very foundational uh, mm-hmm. 2022 class, right? We got guys that we think can play at this level and, and, and higher, and, and uh, they've got to develop. Um, we've got a couple, you know, junior college guys that came in and uh, joined us in the in, in the spring that, that we're pretty excited about. And and then guys that are stepping up that, that that maybe didn't get a chance to do it last year. Guys like Jordan Slaughter, and you know we get Pearl back, we get Paucho back, right? Where guys, there's there's um, you know uh, some some optimism, you know, on the horizon of of how can the you know we want to see these guys how, how they've developed over the last year and, and then take off from there. Yeah, uh, 
I had a good question for you, and I, I didn't think of it. Um, but one thing I really was going to ask you was, how did you guys come up with the barge thing to put all the offensive linemen out there during the Penn State game? That was I'm, I'm watching it, and I go, as an alignment <laughs> and the run game coordinator myself, I'm like, that's beautiful. That looks great. That's just well, beautiful. we give a lot of credit to Coach B for that one, but people <laughs> didn't do their homework. We did that back in 2012. Uh, at Wisconsin, Ooh. I did it again at, at uh, University of Wyoming, and then we busted it out against Penn State. So it was uh, it was kind of a um, something we had in our bag of tricks, and that we've we've kind of experimented with variations of it before. But um, you know, we felt like it gave us an edge that game, right? We we felt like we could control that line of scrimmage, and we did. We rushed for 357 yards yeah. on on a top 10 team, you know, in a in a, in a top defense, and and. Uh, you know, you go back and watch the film and, you know, the score obviously was, was, was low. Um, but, you know, nine overtimes against that type of team and, and uh, you know, basically controlling the line of scrimmage the entire day. And, and that, that barge formation had a big part to do about it. And it became somewhat of a Twitter hit and social media kind of wonder, which was great, you know, but uh, our guys take a lot of pride in that and, and nothing changed. The expectation, we actually lost a couple guys during that game. Right. And yeah. if you look at the line, like, the next man stepped up and uh i think that that game went a long way to kind of get some confidence in some young guys right zach barlett a chicagoland guy right playing field guy he played in that game Mm -hmm. as a true freshman and um you know so there's a lot of positives we took from that but but the barges uh that was that was kind of a fun deal that that really took off took on an identity of its own and and um you know we took we, we had a good game game plan that week yeah, they they didn't line up to it right there. I reckon, I always forget the the picture of like you guys lined up in. There was a huge gap, and they were like, "All right, here we go." Uh, and then yeah. I guarantee high they school they didn't adjust to it. They didn't adjust to it. And then when they did, we we had ways to counter it. So, um, yeah, it was a it was a it was a fun game. Well, I I don't know about you. I was tired just watching. I'm like, these guys are are exhausted. Cool. I'm sitting there on the edge of my seat. I'm like, now we're throwing touchdowns. Well, oh. you know, they go to two they go to the two point plays. Well, you don't carry. You don't carry nine oh, yeah. two-point plays in yeah. a game, you know? I know. Yeah. I, I'm like – will, We will this year. We will this year. Oh, I bet you're going to have about 15 of them just in case. <laughs> like, we have to have some extra. I, I'm like, right. you have what, maybe four, maybe, yeah. I would think? Yeah, you just call sheets like three to four, you know, and you, you, may, you might call those once a year, if that, and, yeah. you know, and, and that, but we had to call nine of them, so. <laughs> you might as well just call the same one over and over and just see if it works. I, I was just like – yeah, see if they've learned to stop it, right? You guys had been exhausted. The players were exhausted. Ex coaches, you're probably like, I'm mentally done because well, was... I don't know. How, I don't know if they're going to change the rule, but there's obviously things. That's how rules get changed, right? Is yeah. something like that happens, and but we were walking back. And I mean, every every play, we were walking <laughs> back and forth, you know, because we didn't want to be in their student section, and they did, and it was uh, it was quite a game. Oh, it was fun. I, I'm just like. We had to go somewhere, and I'm like, I'm not leaving until this game's over because it's just going and going and going. And, and, uh, but that's good for recruiting, too. That barge thing all over Twitter, you know, not oh, to, yeah. and it's good for be on TV. All, all they talked about for the next three days was Illinois football. And I'm like, this is great. This is great yeah. to, to get attention onto U of I and be like, look well, what it was they're doing. Successful, right? I right. Mean, it'd be one thing if you went out there and, and it wasn't successful, but it was, it was successful. And I think, I don't know how many, it was 28 times or something we ended up being in that formation. And it was just, it was a very um, unique deal, but but our guys, you know, we trusted the, the personnel we had on the field, right? And and we're able to really establish the run game, and and that was the huge key to our success that game. Um, going back, because I remember going back to you guys coming in, and you said you have to, you got the experience, but now you have to really try to get these older linemen to do what you want to do. 
Was there things you wanted to do and say, well, I, they, they just can't, you know, they, they just can't do this. So we have to adjust and change the offense just a hair because they, they um, couldn't do it. That's a, I mean, that's a good question. I, I guess the simple answer would be no, but, but at the same time, there are things that they were better at. So we focused yeah. on those. Right. right. Um, and I think that was a something that, that I think any good coach does, right, is, is adapt to his personnel. And, and you know, while we wanted to, to, to continue with an identity on offense and a philosophy on offense, we still had to do what, what our guys could could realistically accomplish, right? We didn't have the 340-pound guys that we did when we were up in Madison, right? We had to – we were a little bit built – a little bit differently. And, and um, you know, I think we actually did utilize some of their strengths very, very well, right, outside zone, inside zone, those type of things. And – we're able to really get the run game going in that in that light. So, um, yeah, I guess the, the, the question's a little bit – or the answer's a little bit, um, you know, a little bit gray in that. I mean, we, we felt like we could do some things that that really concentrated on their strengths as opposed to maybe limiting some of their weaknesses. Because I was say from the outside looking in, because I can only watch it as a coach sometimes. I can't really do it as a fan all the time. I was like, man, they do, they're doing a lot of inside zone or wide zone, or and it just seemed like – more zone than Illinois had to do. Well, they've done it, but Illinois was all over the place at one point. They were running power, then yeah. they get to zone, and and me and my friends talked about that. We're like they're doing a lot of wide zone this year. They're doing a lot of inside zone, and and it just from the outside looking in, that's what it looked like. And I yeah. said, but that's what they can do. If that's what they can do, and I think the Penn State game, I think I saw pin and pull a lot. I was like they're just going to do things yep. to get to yep. the outside and and do that. Yeah, so. That's right. And we felt like, well, we had, you know, Doug Kramer's a, a, a draft pick caliber center, in my opinion, obviously he was a, uh, was an all conference performer. Um, and, uh, you know, he was athletic and could do some of those things. He could get out and pull. He was really, he, he made drastic improvements this year under us with just the way he handled that wide zone stuff, right. And his steps and things. And, you know, was very, very effective in, in blocking some of the nose guards that we, we saw and, um, you know, you had guys, you had athletic tackles like Julian and, and, and uh, Vidarian that could get backside cut off. They could get guys reached. And, and so um, those were areas that, that we felt like we could exploit and, and, and take advantage of. And, and so um, I think any good coach does that, right, is, is and in the run game we were able to, which which uh, obviously led to, to a lot of our success. And and then again, the, the the big old question was, are you sure that's inside zone or is it duo? Because of all the blocking, the the big old. If you look at social media, and I'm like, well, hell, if I yeah. know, I call it inside zone because it's all the same to me. You know, getting the, it, a lot of times it's it's the uh, that is the age old question. A lot of times it's you can tell, I guess to to the trained eye, you can tell by kind of the way landmarks are. Yeah. Um, by the way, kind of some of their steps and in the way those combinations kind of fit, right? They'll look more much more gap oriented uh, in the duo world, but. Um, we have the ability to run both, right? Uh-huh. Which, which again is 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 uh, kind of an asset, and and you're seeing that in the NFL too, right? Is, is that ability to, to to switch to both worlds, and um, I think it just makes you that much more potent as an offense and, and as a running attack. Well, it was always defensive guys asking me because they, they they can't tell, and I'm like, well, if you look at the angle, this is what yeah. it is, and then. What do you mean the angle? It's always defensive guys, and I I'm like that's why we that's why offensive guys run it. Is duo looks like inside zone if you're double teaming, and a little bit, and they they can't. It's it is what it is. Our head coach is a defensive guy. He's like, what's the difference? Because they're watching. <laughs> what's the difference? Yeah, and it's hilarious, hilarious. Or like, I'm asking you this. Well, what's the difference between wide zone and outside zone? And I said, one's hooking and one's trying to move, get them this way. Sure. Well, and even then, different guys call it different things, right? right. I've never been a wide zone guy. I've always called it outside zone. You know, so 
some coaches kind of treat them one and the same. Other guys mm-hmm. do have various differences to technique and, and minute differences, but um, it kind of depends on what you per- preference really, right? What you, it's all at the end of the day, it's, it's a, it's vocabulary and how you're going to, how, how, um, you know, how are you teaching certain things, maybe little nuances with the back or, or aiming points or, or landmarks or something like that. But for the most part, the fundamentals, the skill sets uh, are, are going to be consistent with whether it's wide or outside. Because that's all I've been researching is wide zone. And one of the first things a wide zone, like the gurus say is, because I'll say outside zone sometimes, and they're like, no, that's not what you're looking for. You're looking for a wide zone. And what's the difference? Outside zone is the aiming point of trying to hook them. You're trying to get to the outside. Wide zone running back still going to cut up the middle, so it's still a downhill run play. I guess we treat it one and the same a little bit um, in terms of how we block it. Um, the only thing that would differ in our zone elements would be really landmark of our back, you know, but, uh, um, we give him, there's some, you know, he's got the freedom, he's got the autonomy to kind of do what he wants, uh, as long as, you know, based on his read. Right. And so, um, we don't really get into semantics of what it's called per se, as opposed to, Hey, this is the concept. This is how we're going to fit it versus this. This is how we're going to, this is what our goal is. If that doesn't work this is the solution, right? Or if the defense does this, this is how we would combat that, right? So it's, instead of getting, you know, a different word for a different uh, play that has really the same type of thing, we, we just have variants that, that we can tag, right? right? So it keeps it as simple as possible. And, you know, I, I don't think you should have a million different concepts, right? We've got inside zone, outside zone, some type of pin pull, some type of gap scheme, right? Things like that. And then variants of those, but the, the the root of those concepts is very consistent across the board, which allows our guys to play uh, effectively, right? It probably allows them to play fast, allows them to to really be able to handle a variety of different looks. Um, when you start just naming every little thing and trying to fit every little thing to every specific look, it gets uh, it, it gets it gets pretty hairy there, right? And and that's where m- mental errors come into play and. And, um, you know, MAs and those type of famous assignments, and, and it's never a good thing. So uh, we try to keep it as simple as possible with limited variance in the rule structure, right, based on the concepts, and then little variance, little tags that we can adjust. I was going to say, like, the tag world is a big world of offense. And like you said, you could have four run plays, which is fantastic. But then once you start tagging, if you got three tags per one, now you're now it's really like now you're getting into the 15. Yeah, 12 or whatever. Yeah, yeah. 15, right? And and to you it's the same, or to my guys it's the same. Yeah. But to a defense, that's a completely different, right? Concept or completely different idea or whatever it is, right? So, um, I, I think that's a big part of it, right? Is is how different staffs, you know, really say those different things and, and label those different things and how they teach them. Right. Like, I want to keep inside zone and wide zone terminology the same. Just aiming points are different. So to them, it's. Hey, uncovered, uncovered rules. Simple. We're good to go. But it's aiming points. So wide zone, you're aiming. You know, you're taking the backhand, trying to get to the sternum, whatever. Inside zone, you're trying to push them and aim here. Keep it as simple as possible. Then you start tagging. Oh, you got pin and pull. You got whatever. And that's what you guys were doing. So I'm watching it. You guys last year and taking notes of like how you guys were aiming and and inside zone and the pin and pull. And I'm like, you guys were pretty good at it. And I'm like, this is what they could do. And now I know Coach B wants the big boys and like run downhill because watching you guys at Wisconsin years ago, there was no stopping it. And right. and, and they still do that. Wisconsin still does the same stuff. It's never yeah, changed. Yeah. And we did we did a lot of that at Wyoming too. And yeah. and um, you know, we were that was the way we were when I was at Ohio. And so it, it's kind of been the future of what, what I've done my whole career also and and you know who'd I learn from, right? But um 
you know, the, the game has evolved too, right? They, the, you're looking at some of the teams that are having the most success and, and there is some element of, um, it, it, it's, it's a, it's a bad kind of connotation. It's a bad word, but, but the spread world, right? I mean, yeah. you go back and look at, at what, what that really is, right? It's, it's variant formations out of, out of 11 out of 12 personnel, right? It's, it's, it's um, being able to be flexible with your tight ends, getting them in space, right? Condensing formations, exploding to different formations, right? Having, having reliefs to your run game in case the box gets heavy, right? It's, it's all those things kind of encompassing and, 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 that's what you're seeing. You know, there has to be some balance, right? Because otherwise, and this happened to us at Wyoming. It happened to us a little bit last year, right? We started getting, you know, nine and ten man boxes, mm-hmm. and that's a very difficult thing to com- combat, right? So you have to be able to have the the, the the vertical threat. You have to be able to spit the ball when you when necessary, and um, and that balance I think just plays into championship level football, right? So that's um, you know you saw it with Georgia this year, right? Mm-hmm. A, a team that's been great defensively. Um, that, that really kind of adopted that what Alabama did three years ago, right? Is completely changed, not completely changed, but changed a little bit of the mentality of their offense. Um, and, and really both of those teams have, have, have been almost unstoppable, right? Throughout right. the last two years. And, uh, you know, when LSU went, won theirs with Joe, right? Uh, he, he was phenomenal with, with the way he was able to d- distribute the ball and, 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 they, and they had a, from, they had a f- great offensive line. I mean, that guy mm-hmm. won, you know, Lloyd, uh, Christian Berry won the Remington that year and, um, you know, it just you look at some of those different teams that are really finding various ways to attack the defense, right? And so that's what that stems to, with the idea that you're still keeping it conceptually very simple, right? Right, and then have variants off of it to to attack weaknesses in the defense. Oh yeah, when you guys were getting eight nine man boxes, and you probably didn't hear the noise, but I saw it and read it. Like, why can't what's the line doing? Like, this is a problem, and I had to come on and say, "Are you guys looking at the box?" I only have five, Steve. Right? No, I was. Def- <laughs> Don't worry, coach. I got your back. I'm I'm reading it. I'm seeing it. And they're like, well, the old line's struggling or this. And I'm like, well, they've got eight guys in the box. If you have a tight end, now it's just six versus eight. Like what? Like, and yeah. and because people, you know, the, the old line, the worst things you can hear: block somebody. Oh no, just block them. Just block them. Like oh, <laughs> if only Coach Miller would have taught them that. Like I don't know what you're like. I right, don't. Right, right, right. What do you think they do? You know, five six days a week. I don't know. Like. It, don't worry. I was. I'm like seen on Twitter, and we all know how Twitter works. And then I hear it in person. I'm like, they were doing their best. There's eight guys in the box. You know, if if there's yeah, a we, we performed very well. We averaged um, in our yeah. zone game. We, we averaged, I think it was like 5.9 yards a carry, which mm-hmm. is phenomenal, right? In the zone game. And uh, um, if you watch the line of scrimmage, right, that line of scrimmage changed just about every play. Yeah. And and, and you're going to win a lot of football games if you keep keep that up, right? And uh, Obviously, we've got to make some improvements on offense. We've got to we got to continue to balance the the the, the offensive, um, you know, production and things. But you know, we, we I thought we ran the ball very effectively at times throughout the year, and, and certainly was a big way for our success. But um, we can always get better. We can always improve, and uh, we will as an offense this year. We're excited what we've got going on in, in the spring, and you know, Coach Lenny coming in and and uh, implementing really an exciting dynamic into the offense, right? And uh, Obviously, he had a tremendous amount of success at, at at UTSA, so we're we're excited about what that looks like moving forward, and you know, hopefully, you'll continue to see some dominance up front. Because I know you got to go, so I'll quickly wrap up, wrap up. I was going to say that, like, how excited, like, or like, don't don't give it away, don't give it away, nothing given away. But 
you're going to change some things with the new offense coordinator coming in, but you know, you guys are working closely. Like is an excitement around like, this is what we're going to do. Cause coach Beal was not wasting time. He's like, we got to win. Like we got to turn this yeah. around and yeah. love that mentality. You know, Illinois not been that way in a long time. So like, is there excitement around with like, this is the tweaks we're going to make. We're going to get better. We're going to work on this in the spring and be excited. Yeah, it, it, there's. I think excitement is might be the only word, right? Mm-hmm. That, that we that's around the office. There's so um, there's some freshness to it, and and Coach Lunny's done a great job coming in and installing what he wants, but then then also kind of fitting in with our staff. And and uh, you know we we did some good things last year. We laid yep. a strong foundation. We just didn't didn't uh, do enough to to be as as good as we could have been. And and I think that was um, you know we, we we hopefully address that. And uh, and I think. The, the the general feeling around the offense around the offense around the office is one of excitement is one of of, of hunger right mm-hmm. and uh, um, when you've got a team that's like that right when you're not having to battle some of the things you have to battle when you first take over a program and everybody is is you know has their vision on one goal moving forward collectively and you know there is that sense of of, of purpose right in in the, in the office. Um, I think it can only lead to excitement, right? So I'm excited to get out there and get it going. We've talked a lot about it. We've watched a lot of film. We've been meeting about it and installing it and those type of things. Now we got to get out there and cut it loose. And and we know there'll be growing pains. We know that going into spring. And that's what spring's for, right, is to, mm-hmm. to, to get better, is to develop. And we're a development program. I mean, we're, that's what we're going to be do. And that's that's kind of our philosophy anyway is, is recruit, you know, good high school football players, right? Tough, smart, dependable is the word we use a lot and and then develop them into becoming the best that they're capable of being. And, and it's no different with our offense, right, or, or defense, but uh, obviously on the offensive side of the ball. So I'm excited about what what lies ahead. Um, I, I think we could certainly have uh, the weapons returning, the production returning to be very, very successful, and, and uh, I'm looking forward to spring. Did you have to tell Coach no hard feelings from the UTSA game when he showed up? Like, hey, there's still no hard feelings from that game. <laughs> he actually handled it really well because that's – I mean, you think about that. That's not an easy situation coming in to a team that you beat, and uh, and yeah. now you're taking over and, and still bridging that gap of you know they were. I mean, they were 12 and one, and yeah, he had all kinds of records, and he had a 1500 yard rusher and and 2000 yard receivers, and I mean, just unbelievable numbers. Um, and well, we did some things here that that you know, uh, especially running the ball in his own game in the pin pole world that that were really pretty good. So that's a hard job for him to come in. He's the only new guy on staff and to, and to bridge that gap, but also say, Hey, I'm here for a reason. And this is what we're going to do. And, um, I think that was a very unifying message that he came in and, um, you know, he's provided nothing but strength to, to, to the staff. So we're, uh, it, it's never easy, but he handled it unbelievable. We're excited. And I'm, I'm excited to work with him this year. All right. Two last quick questions. I'll take you like a minute. One, how ready were you guys to try to play in the bowl game when Coach B tweeted, like, I'm just waiting by the phone? Like, <laughs> how, how close was that? Like, getting ready to go? Um, that was pretty close. That was uh, that was a phone call. Um, get you guys ready to go. We're going to be in the office tomorrow. And, uh, <laughs> and, and so it was – that was as close to like a Minuteman status as you could probably have <laughs> in, in today's modern world, um, and, and we were two a t. There was no hesitation, right? <laughs> we were ready. We were ready to go. And to me, that tells you kind of the makeup of your team, right? Right? Like they wanted, you know, we we only won. We went five and seven. We we finished on a good note. Obviously, at the end of the year, we played good football at the end of the year, but. Um, 
those guys wanted to keep playing, right? And we right. lost some seniors, and we had guys, you know, we had guys that were, you know, had already gone down to train to, for these for these uh, NFL games, you know, and All Star games and things. And they were like, "Yeah, coach, I'll be on the flight tomorrow. Like, I'm ready." So it was just that that was that was pretty cool. Um, and that was zero hour. I think we were ready to go. So it didn't work out, but we were ready. And this hopefully that we never have to put that fate in anybody else's hands. We can control that moving forward. Well, as fans, we were excited. We were like, "Yes!" Like we we love that coaches are like let's go and the players are like let's go and i just i was i was at, so i got a little work wood, wood shop in my garage and i was actually building something i was working on a, a kind of a cabinet and um my phone rang it was coach b and i'm covered in sawdust you know and they need to <laughs> tell me the news i was like all right so it's kind of like put your you know yep, let's, right. let's go let's answer the call so tell your wife i gotta go back to work now like right, oh, i'll see you right, later right. um and then this is a random question real quick and then we'll, and then we could wrap it up there was a restaurant in Illinois I have not been to in years that's an offensive lineman's dream. It's called Fat Sandwich. Have okay. you have you been able to go there yet? If it's I still have, there. I have not. I have not, but I am sure the guys know about it. It's right by an Insomnia Cookies when I used to hang around Champagne. Okay. I don't know if okay. it's still there. It may not be. I don't know, but it's it's literally like cheese sticks, french fries on top of the sandwich, and all it's like huge. It's yeah, huge. that sounds like an old lineman's dream. I don't know if that's a COVID casualty or not. I don't know that. I I, I think I would have heard of something like that. You it, know, it used to be big, and when Illinois high school wrestling state tournament happened at the U of I, yeah, all you would see when they were done is just a swarm of wrestlers because now they can eat now, and they right. would just rush in. And we'd always go during March Madness and watch a game there and eat the sandwich when I was younger. And I don't know if it's still there, but I'm thinking I, I about it. I don't know. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to look that up. I'm gonna have to Google that or something oh. and see if that's still. It's probably gonna be like um, a 2,000 calorie sandwich, so you won't move for like a day, and you're gonna have to work out for like six hours. It it is open. It is open. It's oh, that's downtown. It's over in in Campus Town, yeah. that Green yeah. Street area. So I don't venture down there too much, but uh, I'm sure my guys know about it. Oh, it's an offensive lineman's dream. I just just wanted to help you out there, Coach, and Champagne. Like, just help <laughs> well, you good out. Good looking out. I appreciate uh, that. Well, Coach, I know you got to go. Um, I appreciate you coming on again. Uh, we're excited for Illinois. Like, just overall, basketball's been great. Football was great. You know, you guys were just literally a few plays away from winning a couple more games and being right, right. there. Um, I'm excited. Loved watching you guys. We like where it's going. Uh, not too much pressure. You know, I know it's a building process. I understand it. Uh but I appreciate you coming on. We appreciate what you guys do for Illinois. And and I didn't go there, but I've been a fan since birth. So we're excited. Uh, excited to see what you guys do in the spring. Try to watch it and, and see what goes on. And hopefully you guys make some noise in the Big Ten here soon. Absolutely. I appreciate it, Steve. Thanks very much. Well, our spring game will be April 21st. Uh, and we're playing on the Big Ten Network. So, so, you know, guys can tune in and watch that or come down and visit us. But certainly appreciate your time and ILL. ILL. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next time. This is another episode, ILL.
redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.